Welcome to the Northeastern Next podcast, your channel for the latest alumni stories in Boston and beyond. In this show, we'll catch up with Northeastern alumni who are out there achieving what's next. Ben Morris and Brian Schatz from Coaster Cycles are rethinking how you move, connect, and deliver in a city. It started out as Boston Pedicab, the three-wheel passenger bike seen around Fenway. It is now an ever-growing, pedal-powered transportation solution. Hi, Brian and Ben. Welcome to the Northeastern Next podcast. I'm excited to share your story because we have not just one, but two alumni doing business together. Um, you're both calling in from different locations, I'm assuming. So Ben, let's start with you. You are the CEO and founder of Coaster Cycles, which are in short, Bikes for Business. And your website says a lot about what you do as a mobility company, building these three-wheel vehicles and transportation services. But can you break that down for us and tell me, in your words, what Coaster Cycles is all about? Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again for having me, Megan. And yeah, so Coaster Cycles is is actually the iteration of of many companies, but with its roots in Boston as Boston Pedicab that was started uh, when I was a senior at Northeastern, dating back to the spring of 2005. So yeah, Boston Pedicab really really started out of Northeastern and and on campus and sort of evolved from there into several different company names, which now brings us to present day uh, Coaster Cycles. But yeah, we started as Boston Pedicab, uh, running bikes out of the South End, to which we still run today, and grew pedicab operations slowly but surely across the United States. And uh, and along the way, as we were growing pedicab operations, uh, we created a media division called Coaster Outdoor. And so what Coaster Outdoor does is Coaster Outdoor works with the out-of-home agencies and brands to go and place advertising on three-wheel bikes. And so it started just by operating on and selling on our bikes. And then ultimately it led to this network of pedicabs that we were selling advertising on bikes all over the country. And so as we were starting to work with different fleet owners and fleet operators placing advertising on their bikes, they were coming to us and saying, hey, look, you guys are operating the bikes, you're selling advertising on the bikes, why don't you guys go manufacture a bike? And so that really wasn't on our radar. And that was back in 2012. Uh, we ultimately decided that was a good path forward for us to sort of make our company more vertically integrated and kind of come full circle. And so come present day, we are now uh, a manufacturer, operator, and media division that fall under the coaster uh, umbrella. Uh, as I mentioned, Boston Pedicab is one of our operating entities, but we have a variety of different operating entities, uh, but they all fall under uh, the coaster umbrella. I love that. I think anyone who has been to school at Northeastern or been in Boston, I know that's not everybody in our alumni population, but we're so used to seeing those Boston Pedicabs around. And, you know, you're going to Fenway Park and you see these all over. So is this is this common in other cities too? I'm not actually sure. Yeah, so, you know, it is the pedicab universe has done like this evolution over the past 15 years. And, you know, when we started, I still remember the first ride to Fenway that I took was up at the top of Ipswich Street, right down to like where Jillian's was. Mm -hmm. 
and it was groundbreaking. Somebody paid like ten dollars to do that. And I'm like, oh my, this is like amazing. <laughs> and all of a sudden we were like, okay, well, could we go up to Boylston Street? Okay, could we go over to the Prudential Center and can we get further and start to make more money on the rides? And that's really how the business evolved around around Fenway Park. And we didn't start originally uh, focused on the Red Sox, more tourist related. And and the pedicab business then was was fairly in its infancy across the country. There were some cities doing it, New York and Denver and Austin, and it sort of went through this spurt and really proliferated uh, all over the country. And since sort of the evolution of ride hail and micro mobility, right? Lyft and Uber have played a, a big and not great impact on the pedicab community and has since hindered a lot of the locations and sort of the ability to grow. And I think they have reduced in some cities and become more event focused. And so we, like a lot of other companies have, you know, begun to shift some of our focus towards some of these cargo alternatives and non-passenger carrying. So, but today pedicabs still proliferate in a bunch of cities all across the country from very, very small places to very, very large metropolitan locations. You mentioned that you have the non-passenger bikes and have some business partnerships. One that I've seen on campus, the Starbucks bike, that they serve coffee right on, right mm-hmm. in like the library quad on campus. So tell me about maybe some of the projects you've worked on that are with vendors or those different type models, and then what it means for you to have that bike on Northeastern's campus too. Sure. Well, obviously that was a, that was really special for us. Number one, Starting the work to do that we've done with Starbucks has been a lot of fun. I mean, they came to us and said, you know, can you help us build a, a coffee bike and a nitro coffee bike in this case? And so that relationship with them has 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 developed really nicely over the years, where we've built a variety of different bikes for them for their licensed locations, many of which end up on college campuses and cruise lines and Disney and Universal. And when I had heard that a bike was going to Northeastern, I was like, oh man, this is kind of like full circle. Like I started here. And then I started building for Starbucks, and now we're 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 back here again. So really excited to see that bike was on campus, and I'm glad to hear that it continues and hopefully to thrive on campuses as well on Northeastern and other campuses around the country. But yeah, that's one of that, that's actually an ongoing relationship with them and, and a nice and growing one. So we we've done we've done some other um, uh, really great stuff on college campuses with Aramark. And we're continuing to develop a relationship with Nestle um, and do different experiential marketing programs with them. In the micromobility space, scooters and bikes, like Lyft has been a really big customer of ours. Gosh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. UPS, we've done a, we've done a couple of delivery bikes for UPS. And most recently in a project that Brian's really spearheading with DoorDash is, is, is hyper-focused now on the on-demand delivery market and trying to figure out and solve the problem around getting uh, food and parcels uh, to people in, in a time now of of uh, overly congested streets and finding new ways in which we can deliver to customers there. So uh, I'm thankful I've had an opportunity to work with a lot of great brands and to help develop concepts and products that they have never seen before. And so we continue to do that to this day. Yeah, clearly your company has just evolved and grown so much um, since it started. And did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I, I came I came from a family of entrepreneurs, so it was, you know, I guess you could say sort of in my blood. And I, I remember actually at a very early age working and working for very cheap for for you know, my parents or family or for friends. And so I was always in my mind throughout high school thinking about ideas and business ideas. And uh, this is one that just uh, happened somewhat organically and um, has stayed with me and, you know, really enjoyed it. 
really enjoy doing it. It's hard to think about working for somebody else right now. Mm-hmm. Great. And so, Brian, let's turn to you. You worked with Coaster Cycles as a student at Northeastern. Can you tell me about your involvement from the very beginning? So the the involvement that I have began before co-op because when um, a bunch of my friends started becoming pedicab drivers and you had to be 21 to do so. And I was a bit, I guess, in the like younger part of my year. So I saw all my friends got to be pedicab drivers and they were loving it. They were having so much fun. And I think I remember going to Ben or his his counterpart, Justin, and saying, hey, can I can I do this not 21? They're like, no, 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 there's like a city rule. You can't do it. So by the time I did, I, one of the first things I did of a, of a few things, obviously, was just go and get my like license sightseeing tour guide license from the city so I could be a pedicab driver. And so that summer, I think this was 2009 or 2008, 2009, I um, uh, went and did like my little test ride on the bike to make sure I could handle it. And then just started being a pedicab driver. And I had a few weeks or maybe a, a two months perhaps because I was going off for my second co-op in Cleveland, Ohio, but I had some time at least. And so um, I, I just loved the job. It was a lot of fun. I got to work with my friends. You could work all day, all night. You could do Red Sox games. You could do some touring stuff and whatnot. And so before I left for Ohio, Ben and Justin mentioned, um, you know, hey, we kind of have this idea. You go to Northeastern, you're going off for your co-op. Maybe if you want, if you wanted to do your third co-op, we could do something together, like help us manage the shop or something like that. And so I just said, I thought it was a cool idea. <laughs> Let me think about it just because it would be another year or so before I could even do it. And um, that's kind of just how it ended up happening. I came back from Ohio and then had a, a semester in, um, at school and then said, yeah, I'd love to do a co-op and manage the shop and just help out as they were kind of expanding into some other cities. So that's a little bit of the origins of my involvement as a pedicab driver and then as a co-op. Cool. That's that's so fun when you get to have the Northeastern connections that trickle into your career. But when you graduated, so you your career took you other places. So can you touch a little bit on your career path after graduation and where you lived and worked? Yeah. So for me, so when I, when I graduated, I, I vividly remember it was the spring of 20, 2010 and I was, I was set to graduate that, that May. And I remember I was, I went to the, the library to print off copies of my resume just to, I don't like have ready basically. And I got an email from career services, just one of those blasts that said, Hey, Apple is on campus. They have this new leadership program. First class of folks they're interviewing for it. Feel free to come by. And they just gave the room. So uh, it was on my way back home, so I said I figured I might as well just stop by and met with the folks there, and they gave me, I don't know, just something that was really, it seemed like just a, a cool opportunity, and I, I was kind of like an Apple fanboy at the time, so I said, well, this could be perfect. Let's just check it out and see how it goes, and you know, in short, they created this leadership program for a two-year period where you basically got to work in all different parts of a retail store, and so I, I ended up moving out to Denver after I graduated, so in July or so and spent a couple years there. And then with the kind of fortunate opportunity after the program ended, you kind of can move throughout the company and such. And I actually had the the great opportunity to move out to Spain and actually open a new store out there. It was a very young market for Apple at the time and just a handful of stores. And I got to work there for a year. And then after that, I actually got to move over to London to work in what's called a flagship store. So there's this big, beautiful store in central London called Covent Garden. Um, and it's just kind of their like higher volume store in a sense. So it kind of led me to places that I, I certainly did not imagine, you know, when I was just printing off resumes a couple years beforehand. And it kind of just seems like just the serendipitous opportunity sometimes of the people you meet can just take you to new places in that sense. And so 
while I was in London, I, I, I did part ways with Apple, but I moved over to Uber. And it was, it was kind of like my turn back into like the transportation space. You know, I think of like, well, I did drive a pedicab. I did help manage a shop in Boston before. And this is, I guess, in a, in a somewhat similar category. But I, I, helped, uh, I helped them launch what was known as Uber for Business, which is the kind of corporate business solution or B2B solution that Uber was offering and got to help build and develop that over the course of a couple of years while I was still there. So yeah, I'd say geographically, my career definitely, definitely took me places I did not expect or imagine when I, like I said, was just printing off resumes that one day, but I'm very thankful for it. And where are you living now? Where are you based? Right. So right now, so I'm, I'm, I'm in central Texas, believe it or not. Wow. So I'm over here. Yeah. And so we've, you know, we're, we, we do operate in a couple different locations in that sense, but that's where I am now. And I, I don't have any plans to relocate again anytime soon. So hopefully rooting down finally. So back to your time in London, um, I had first come across your name because you were featured in one of our alumni events there in London back, I think in 2017, while you were working with Uber for business. And so our community in the UK has always been really vibrant and those events are always so well attended. Um, now we have the campus there, of course. What does this Northeastern Global Network mean to you for someone who's been living in a few different places you know, around the world? In, in all honesty, the, the Northeastern Network is, I think it's really impressive and, and geographically so as well too. So when Northeastern had this event out there and I think it ha it's now happening every year and there's mm -hmm. a campus out there as well too. And I think it's just the alumni networks across the globe. You, you never know like who you can network with, who you can run back into, who's going to come back into the picture, or who you're going to reconnect with again, like Ben and I have over the past couple of years or so. Um, you know, there, there's a unique community to it. And I think what's nice is that, you know, I, I think as, uh, most folks at Northeastern do go through co-op and it's a bit of like a, a, like a way you can bond with folks that you haven't met before. And you can talk about it. You can talk about it with folks who graduated your same year. I ran into someone here in central Texas at a Christmas market who was wearing a Northeastern sweater from the class of 74. And we were talking about co-op, you know, and I think everyone's got that kind of unique story or piece to it. And it's just, it's cool to see how it goes, but specifically for the London one, you know, that's, that was a huge effort with Rick and Diane from the alumni team and just putting a big emphasis on it because even out there, thousands of miles away from, you know, Northeastern in Boston, there were folks out there and international students who were really keen on what Northeastern offered. And again, what you can bond over and speak towards with classmates from different generations is way more than just, you know, what classes did you take and such, you know, there's just something unique that, that many of us have in common and, um, and really can kind of build a bridge and build that network as well too. So I'm, I'm doing my best to stay as involved as I can in these different locations and hopefully starting something up out here. But that was definitely a big part for the piece in London is just the international reach and spread of just the Northeastern vision for, for alumni, for students, for parents, and even prospective students as well. And I guess the Northeastern draw is so strong that you end up going back and doing business with a fellow Northeastern alum. So you kind of touched on Uber bringing you back towards transportation. So after working for these kind of bigger tech companies, what finally inspired you to kind of go back and work with Coaster Cycles? You know, so coming, like leaving this sort of, I guess, like bigger tech bubble you know, or not bubble, but just that industry in itself, you know, there, there's a big appeal to it. But with what Ben and Ben had created and done and what he and Justin were building out, it was just something where it just reminded me, I just, I was like, you know, when I was younger and was a pedicab driver and running the shop, it was just, the, it was the most fun job I'd had. And a lot of it just had to do with how 
Ben was managing it or Ben and Justin were managing it. And so when they reached back out to me, they, they kind of gave a little bit of an update that, hey, we're not just doing you know, bicycle taxing anymore. And I was like, <laughs> it was just, it was such a cool thing to see that, you know, now we're, we're making and manufacturing great solutions for cargo bikes, food and beverage bikes that we can see all across the country and even internationally as well too. Um, and there's just like, a, there's a fun element to it. I've, I'm a, everyone at the company is a big believer in what we're doing and how we can just support these different companies and, and build for great growth. And, just knowing that we we make and manufacture in the U.S. that's something that we're very proud of, and uh, we believe that we've got a great solution that that focuses on quality and commercial grade and 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 stuff that even though we do, you know, our businesses are our customers that even consumers like all of us can you know see a Starbucks bike or we'll go to New York and see a DoorDash bike delivering food or we'll go to school campuses and see the moving freight and goods or you know the U.S. Coast Guard uses our our cargo bikes on some of their battleships and it's just really cool seeing what what they're doing and it all started with just a, a vision from 10 15 years ago that um you know it's built up it's really got i think a great potential and it's a lot of fun and like ben said you know when when the pedicab business was kind of big and booming it was before uber and lyft and now we ended up supporting those companies as well too so things do come full circle and you know, it's, 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 it's just a lot of fun. And we work with a lot of great people and we have a great team all across the country as well. And I think in the end, just great customers we get to work with as well. Yeah, that's, that's amazing too, about also what Ben had been saying about the, how the company's evolved, how you, you know, start with these transportation pedicabs and then you, yeah, you might see a downturn with companies like Lyft and Uber, but then suddenly able to pivot what you do to stay, you know, like a good business. And, I know, I always just think of like how in cities we're trying to be more eco-friendly, you see a ton of even the bike shares, like that's like a little different, but it's all in this transportation space. So is that kind of what, how, how did you identify this demand for the, these bikes? I know it's kind of evolved over the years, but how did you see that there was a market for this? I'll take the first stab at that and then I'll have Ben jump in <laughs> on it. But with, you know, I think what we're finding is, you know, in a lot of urban areas, then, and there could be just private companies, it could be city officials and such, just really looking to see one, it could be just the congestion piece to it, you know, and I'm sure, you know, in Boston or, or in the Bay area or New York or wherever, you know, it's congestion is a big thing. And a lot of these folks just want to have a better solution. That's a bit more um, nimble or, and it could be on college campuses as well too, or just locations where you just, you can't or don't want to use a vehicle and there's a better solution. So I think, I think a lot of it is organic. I think the phrase, and I'll kind of steal it from Ben is just a lot of these companies have can identify their problem, but they're just not so great at identifying their solution. And I think that's what we're trying to do. So that's kind of my overview for it. Ben, maybe anything you want to, you want to jump in on as well too and share. Yeah, no, I, Brian, I, you know, I think you said, you said it pretty well. Like, you know, I think just cities, the way we look at cities today and cities operate um, are, are changing um, and city officials and private companies are rethinking a lot about how that, how city infrastructure will operate. And, you know, not only is congestion a huge part of that, there also is, you know, a big focus around pollution and car carbon emissions, you know, that are being emitted from the onslaught of all these vehicles that are frankly are doing a lot of things in highly inefficient ways. And so what we've been able to do is find this like niche marketplace where, you know, we have a solution um, that's eco-friendly, helps reduce congestion, it can operate in the bike lane and, and help solve a lot of problems that a lot of these companies uh, are facing. And so um, whether that's in a support function like the bike share companies and help them, you know, utilizing our bikes 
for rebalancing their bikes or doing battery swapping or moving goods or moving parcel. You know, we find ourselves uh, really in the mix of like what's happening right now in this last mile revolution. And so it's uh, it's fun to watch it evolve and it's fun to be, be able to be in the middle between the municipalities and the private companies and help work towards solutions for um, the city of tomorrow, if you will. That's great. So what do you have a proudest moment of looking back at kind of the growth of the company um, or a favorite campaign or bike that you've helped create or design? Is that for me? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. There, there, you know, there, there's, been, there's been so many moments. You know, I, I, I think our ability to take an idea of manufacturing was a, was a tremendous feat. For anybody, I mean, you know, U.S. manufacturing is really is really difficult and presents a lot of challenges, especially coming from a company with zero owners, coming with zero manufacturing experience. So it was it was a it was a big feat to do that, and um, you know, I'm really proud of like where we've been able to get to today with our team and how we've been able to pivot and and shift with the marketplace and 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 stay relevant. Um, that's another thing too, like to keep a company relevant over like so many years and to adapt to new environments is really hard. And so, you know, I'm I, like, we've gotten, and I mentioned earlier, you know, we've had an opportunity to work with a bunch of really amazing companies and to develop products and solutions for them to really enhance. It's, it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint, you know, one particular campaign or one particular build because we've worked on so many awesome ones. Yeah. I don't, and, uh, Brian, maybe you've got some ideas. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll take a stab. Look, I think, you know, for, again, I've, I've, I've only been here for a little bit, but I think the, the cool, what, what's really cool about it is that, like I said earlier, it's we, our product is, is purchased by businesses. It's not so much something that any of us would just walk into a store and buy a coaster product at the moment. Um, but, you know, when we get to just the other day, I met with a, a local, the local Starbucks team here that has a bike and just hearing how they like it or just seeing them out and about and such. Or when we launched the fleet of DoorDash bikes in New York City, getting photos from friends, family and such saying, oh my goodness, this is really cool. It's awesome seeing out there. So I think it's just, we know that what we're doing, we, we put a focus on quality and we know it's got just a, a, a great functionality to it. And I think it just goes towards the point Ben mentioned earlier about adaptability. You know, we, we, we get feedback from customers on making new versions of a certain bike and making tweaks, and all of a sudden we can put it in production and start doing it. And I think it goes to the point of just staying relevant. And, you know, we really are, I think, kind of constantly building in a sense, and that's a good thing. You know, we're, we're not sort of just resting and assuming that we've got a one-size-fits-all. And um, But I think the, the biggest reward is just seeing these out and about, getting to talk with the folks who get to ride them, get to use them, whether it's a Starbucks barista, whether, um, you know, it's someone at a stadium or whatever it might be, or it's someone who's delivering cargo. Um, it's just really cool seeing how folks put these to use. Yeah. And I think that's a great advice too, for really anyone in this kind of entrepreneurial space, working kind of new, new business ventures is that to listen to your customers and, and checking, checking in with them, but also that adaptability and staying relevant. And, and I think sometimes what started as a good idea at the time, like doesn't mean it was a bad idea. You just got to change with the times. I think that's really cool to hear your story about that. So I think we only have time for a little bit more. So um, because this is the Northeastern Next podcast, I always ask, what's next for you? Um, what's next for the company? What's anything coming up that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so oh, I'll give one, one, one tie or one, one, one part specific to Northeastern. So, you know, two part, really. I think as, as our 
uh, campus and university footprint continues to evolve. Like I'm looking forward to being able to engage with the university to put a, a different, a more variety of bikes on campus for their everyday needs, whether that's moving mail or for dining services or facilities. Um, I think that's something we're doing with a lot of other campuses and I'd like to continue to evolve that uh, with Northeastern. We also, uh, Brian and I were just recently talking about trying to get a co-op back on board. Um, so that's something we're talking about for uh, summer co-op to bring to bring that position back on. So excited to be re-engaging with the university on that front and probably trying to expand expand that 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 opportunity. And I think the big thing the big thing for for us right now is you know we're actually out raising raising a fundraiser round right now. So much of my days are spent around you know speaking with potential investors and educating them about you know Coaster and who we are as a company. Uh, and trying to go out and secure this round of fundraising to help catapult our growth into what we see as like the next generation uh, of the business. So that's, that's a lot of what, you know, what I'm working on right now and, and pretty excited for what the future holds. Well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story with the Northeastern Network. Great. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening. You can learn more at CoasterCycles.com and at CoasterCycles on Instagram. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is Megan Kirkbrisson from the Office of Alumni Relations. I'll talk to you soon.